apart from a heart attack, a pregnant woman can also have heart failure in pregnancy. So can you maybe tell us the difference between the two and how does the diagnosis and management differ? Prevent clinical heart failure by treating the risk factors even before the patients develop heart failure. So controlling high blood pressure, controlling diabetes, maintaining a healthy body weight, lifestyle exercise, all of those. Now, early diagnosis in terms of history, physical examination, ultrasound, EKG, then initiating treatment, and it it includes medications. It also includes some of the interventional procedures that we've talked about. Sometimes, depending on what we see, the patient may need surgery, hopefully not during pregnancy, just because heart surgery while the woman is pregnant poses greater risk. But if you, for example, see valves that are very narrowed or valves that are leaky, They may need to be replaced. They may need to be opened up. After the interventional procedures or the surgical procedures, we also look at rehabilitation, where there is um, education, diet, exercise, basically a program that is designed to return the person to normal life. And I'm glad that you talked about having a cardiac arrest with pregnancy because as an obstetrician, the number one reason a pregnant or delivering woman would have a cardiac arrest would be if she was bleeding. And another reason would be if she had amniotic fluid embolism, that is the fluid around the baby with the cells and the fluid around the baby gets into the mother's bloodstream. And then the third reasons would be cardiovascular conditions, like if they have cardiovascular diseases, like you've spoken to. And so basically, from what you explained, the mother actually dies. The heart stops beating. The whole heart stops beating. And unless she is resuscitated, then she could be permanently dead. So what are some of the things, if you saw a pregnant woman with cardiac arrest, that was not in a hospital setting. What are some of the things that a layperson could initiate? CPR. Basically, like any other pregnant person, it's ask for help, initiate CPR, call the ambulance and let them take the person to the hospital. What is the time from when you see that patient, the heart stops to when something is done, how does that affect their ability to maybe survive after this? Oh, no, no. I mean, the quicker they are resuscitated, the better. So basically every single second is important. The quicker there is a restoration of a spontaneous circulation, the better it is for the patient. After, after 10 minutes, recovery of meaningful life is extremely rare. Mm, wow. Also in low resource situations, if there's a a situation in which there are not all the resources to manage and prevent some of the things that contribute to heart disease, what are just the basic things a woman can do if she has no access or no extra income? And what are some of the things she could do to better her cardiovascular health as she's getting into pregnancy or as she's pregnant? The most important thing is still prevention. So really, it's 
diet, exercise, maintain a healthy weight. Don't smoke. Don't smoke. Check your blood pressure. Make sure blood pressure is controlled. Make sure blood sugar is controlled. So I think that maintaining good blood pressure, normal weight, active lifestyle, and being healthy before becoming pregnant is probably the most important factor. And then seeking healthcare early, probably getting thoroughly checked up when you are beginning to think of getting pregnant, and then getting proper antenatal care, being able to recognize symptoms, communicate them to the healthcare provider early, being able to advocate, asking for a referral to a specialist if you feel that something is going on. There is another condition that is fairly common after the woman has had the baby. They call it SCAD. It's a form of dissection of the vessel. Can you speak to that and what it means and how it affects women and can contribute to morbidity or mortality? Spontaneous coronary artery dissection or SCAD is a condition in which there is a tear in the wall of the arteries supplying the, the heart muscle and it can lead to heart attack or symptoms of acute coronary syndrome, basically threatening the blood supply to the heart muscle causing chest pain. It's something that is being increasingly recognized by healthcare providers just because it can cause a heart attack in young people, especially young women. So traditionally, heart attacks occur in people who are much older, in men, in postmenopausal women. And because of that, people have tended to dismiss chest pain in young women in the child-rearing age and say it's reflux, it is the lungs, or it is something else that's non-cardiac. The increasing awareness of conditions like SCAD makes us take these symptoms more seriously, that we will order tests that we wouldn't ordinarily order. So we are more likely to do EKGs, to do some blood work, check cardiac enzymes, make sure they're not having a heart attack, sometimes admit them for a day or two in the hospital. Diagnosis is ultimately made by doing a heart catheterization, a coronary angiogram. Treatment usually is uh, medications. It's looking at medications that will control heart rate, control the blood pressure, allow the dissection to heal, includes sarsaparin, includes medications that reduce spasm. It also includes medications that will lower the cholesterol. In very rare instances, you know, some people may need surgery, some people may need angioplasty and stents. The results of angioplasty and stents in this condition are not as good as it is in people with other forms of coronary artery disease due to plaque and plaque rupture and obstruction, but it is still offered, you know, when we have nothing else to offer. So it's a condition to be aware of just because if one is not thinking about it, it is easy to miss. Another condition that affects 
pregnant women is what we call a peripartum cardiomyopathy, where some people develop weak heart muscles within the last month of pregnancy or in the first five months after delivery, and it can lead to heart failure. And it's one of these things that we need to be aware of so that we can make the diagnosis early and initiate treatment. And one of the things that we do in this particular situation is advise the women not to get pregnant again, at least until the heart muscle recovers. Wow. So that would be another reason why we would tell a woman do not get pregnant. You know, because we talked about the severe pulmonary hypertension. Now, if they have peripartum cardiomyopathy, and I know there's a number, when you do the echo, the study of the way the heart is functioning, there's a characteristic called the ejection fraction. Is there a particular number that a woman should look to to say that she's healing from the cardiac failure? Well, for the cardiomyopathy, postpartum, um, well, the diagnosis is made by an ejection fraction less than 45% when there is no other reason to explain it. But we try not to really focus on the number per se, but to focus on the entire person and the symptoms and how they are doing. And yeah, we advise people who have developed this, preferably not to get pregnant again because there is a high risk of recurrence. You know, even if they absolutely have to to wait until the heart muscle recovers, because a substantial number of them do recover with appropriate medical care. There's a very small percentage that go on to deteriorate despite aggressive medical therapy, and some may end up needing a heart transplant. But it's just important to know your symptoms, seek care early, Ask your doctors to refer you to a heart disease specialist. Work with your physicians. Now, in my career, I've had a patient that, you know, had hypertensive disorders of pregnancy. And in the postpartum period, you know, her high blood pressure was fairly controlled. But in the postpartum period, she developed chest pain. She was a young patient, 19 years old. She developed chest pain and her cardiac enzymes looking for a heart attack. The cardiac enzymes were going up. So in your career, have you had instances of young pregnant women? Can you maybe share with us an instance of a young pregnant woman that possibly deteriorated during labor or immediately after delivery? Yeah, yeah. Very rare occasions we've we've had such. Yes, what you're describing is common. Mm -hmm. We have people who have hypertensive emergencies and as a result of the severe high blood pressure, the heart muscle suffers some damage. They can have a heart attack even without blockages just because of the hypertensive emergency. We have also had people, I've had a patient who had the scar, the spontaneous coronary artery dissection, had a cardiac arrest, developed a dangerous arrhythmia, ventricular fibrillation, needed to be shocked, resuscitated, ultimately underwent bypass surgery. So they are very rare, but they do occur. 
And um, the goal of treatment is to recognize people at risk and mitigate the risk, treat them effectively so that it doesn't get to that. But if it does occur, we hope that they're in a situation, in a position where it can also be recognized and treated appropriately. So basically what we're both saying is that if a woman has symptoms, even after delivery of the baby, especially immediately after, like chest pain or shortness of breath or just uh, abnormal swelling of the legs, that they need to speak up about their symptoms and their healthcare providers need to listen and act, especially in the younger patients. Is this what you are speaking to? Yes, yes, exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. We need to pay attention to all the symptoms. We need to be aware. We need to seek care early. And the healthcare providers themselves need to take all the symptoms seriously, treat them aggressively, ask for help, refer for specialist care as soon as they develop Mm -hmm. in order to give the patient and the baby the best chance. Because you talked about that peripartum cardiomyopathy, I wanted to, what can you do in the low resource situation? Like, I don't know, if the patient was in Africa, you know what I'm saying? Preventive. Because you can easily do a cardiac cath. Yeah. For postpartum, most of them don't need cardiac cath anyway. They do echo. But it's still preventive care. I mean, so the thing with the postpartum, I mean, we don't know what causes it, but either way, as the socioeconomic status improves, the prevalence goes down. So like in Nigeria now, it has become very rare in the south, but it's still very common in the north around Kano. To see heart disease? No, peripartum cardiomyopathy mm. in particular. So it's, Why is it because of their diet? They eat a lot of milk and I cheese? I don't really know what it is, but mm. it's, there's a lot. It's socioeconomic. Here, it's more common multiparity. It's more common in people who have had a lot of... It's much more common with people who've had a lot of babies. But, I mean, really, healthcare, a lot of it is just socioeconomic. Mm. You know, it's access to care, control of risk factors. In a low-resource setting, the most important thing is to focus on prevention Mm. and then focus on the things that you can treat cheaply. Mm. So, I mean, the heart disease only is just going to be control blood pressure, if they have symptoms, at least do an echo so that you can pick up the most severe mitral, the no C severe, you know, the things that will make continuing pregnancy difficult. Yes. Impossible. Yes. And everybody should have an echo, even in Africa, right? You have an echo, but you have to pay for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, but the, the, echo the technology is there. is there. The echo machine okay. is there. Right, the echo right. machine is there. Right, right. Let's just say every state will have an echo machine in the specialist mm-hmm. hospital, but it's not free. Mm-hmm. So if you go to, let's just say, I mean, before it was 50,000 naira. Now that it's more commonly available, I don't know, maybe let's just say it's even 25,000 naira. 90% of the people can't just give you 25,000 naira. So the, the number one barrier to appropriate care in those settings is still economic. They won't do it for free. It's mm-hmm. available, but they won't do it for free. So is that the imaging and the interpretation? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The, the doctors do it there. It's not like here where we have text. Mm-hmm. The doctor does it, and you have to pay your money. And that's just diagnostic. That's just to make a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. What can you say to low resource? Because 
you know, some of these things that we are doing is aimed at low resource. But so you're talking how, about low resource here in yeah, US. There's yeah. no low resource here in US. Any yes. anywhere in US, if you make it into the medical center, they will. They by have definition, to. you make it into the medical center, you get everything. But there's still disparity in that care, and it's, yeah. it's subtle, it's subliminal. But that's what I want you to. Speak. You can't talk to it without addressing the politics. I've said it as politically correct, correct as I can be. So there is structural racism. It affects the system, the doctors. So we just need to understand when we are treating these people. That's why it's implicit bias. We treat some people different from others. And it's, at times we don't know. That that's, what, that's what implicit means. We treat some people different from others and we do it in everything in the system. And so healthcare providers should know and then they should speak to other people within the system about it. That's one part of it. The bigger part is also what we need to do ourselves. So like... Like as physicians or as patients? As patients, as physicians, and then as a community. So let's just say there's racism. We fight it by saying what government should do, what hospitals should do, what the society should do. Now, what we in the black community don't do is say, what can we do as a community to address this problem? And that is the greatest deficiency. Because the truth is, in terms of what government can do, there is a limit. Because majority of the country is white, right? I mean, for you to achieve anything politically, you are going to depend on white support and once you are depending on white support the extent that to which you can push what white people have done and what they are doing is limited because you go beyond a certain extent they become very uncomfortable let's just look at georgia or the state we elect biden because so when it comes to something that has to do with mm -hmm. politics mm -hmm you are always going to need white people. Well, you were talking about the church. Yes. That, that, and, and what can the black church do? That is the key. That's why I was saying what the black community can do, which is what we have not done. Look, if the black churches came together and said, we will get together and form a cooperative, we can create a health system. We can create a health insurance panel. And all of us that are able to, we pay into it, but we take care of the other people that can't. There's something like that. And the last patient that delivered here last week, she they have a Christian-based healthcare system. Yes. That they, I, I don't know how they pay, but they form something like yes, that. Yes, yes. A lot of these mm -hmm. things are not new. Yes. This is what people have done historically. What happened is that in our community, rather than we shifted from self-help towards pushing the politics. And so it's very good. The government can do a lot of things and you can achieve that with political pressure, political help, but it's always going to have a limit. We have been talking to Dr. Obi Emeruli. He's a cardiologist that is a heart disease specialist and he is the medical director of the Georgia Heart Physicians and the chairman of the Division of Cardiology at Atrium Navicent Health Systems 
We are very fortunate to have him here with us, explaining all these issues to us. And we want to thank you very much for being here today. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Thank you.